Medallion, Chapter 36 Corvin stared across the table. After all they had been through, how could Sarek turn against him now? The man ran his hand down the lizard's spines. It has been a long time since I have seen you, my friend. He put a hand under Sarek's jaw and lifted his head. You are in great distress. Rest a moment, and then, as promised, I will take care of your need. The pale man turned his attention to Corvin. So, Corvin, at last we meet. Corvin glared at him. Sarek had led him into a trap, and this man was his captor. He had nothing to say to him. The man leaned in on the table. Perhaps I should tell you a bit about myself and the history we have in common. My name is Kale, and I am the grandson of the last great leader of the Corps Council. He grimaced. At least, my grandfather was a great leader until he became deathly ill. That is when his courage turned to fear and his fear to desperation. To save his life, he made a deal with those who possessed the skill to turn Lumian seeds into the lifelight, the purest and rarest essence of Lumian vitality. It is a potion so powerful it can reverse aging and cure all illness. But to create the lifelight, my grandfather made a deal with the makers to give them access to all the Lumians in Dubak. When my father and mother saw what was going on, they tried to stop him. My father fought the makers, stole the lifelight, and flooded the Dubok cavern to drive them from the core. But my grandfather would not be stopped. He invaded Bandur, killed all their people, and stole their Lumians to preserve his own life. He then devised a plan to take control of the council of the core. He found the physical location of the chamber and secretly cut his way inside so he could control all seven cities. Kale got up from the table and walked toward the glow of the pool. He reached the base of the closest statue and turned around. My own parents died in the Bandur War, so I turned to the only person I believed could help me prevent my grandfather from taking over. That man was Jockton, and I asked him to enlist the help of the council to defeat my grandfather, but instead Jockton went to the chamber and took the hammer and scepter to the surface world along with his own son, your grandfather. He believed that once my grandfather and Dubakholm died, he would bring his son, the hammer, and the scepter back to the core, and then life in the core would return to normal. It was a foolish move that plunged the core into a civil war that still rages. Kale returned to the table. No doubt your grandfather told you about the wonderful deeds your family performed to save the core. He pointed a finger at Corvin. The truth is, Jockdin was a renegade who refused to work with the others for the common good. His actions opened the way for my grandfather to launch his raids on the other cities and steal their Lumians, and that, in turn, led to the great destruction. Corvin's face flushed with anger. My grandfather has never talked to me. He died in a mining accident when I was a baby. The man straightened up. So that is why you were wondering about the Corps without any real purpose. It is a good thing that Sark brought you to us. He walked behind Corvin's back, his voice dropping low. But you do have a purpose. You are here to undo the damage caused by your family and help me restore order to the cities of the core. Corvin twisted to face him as much as the ropes would allow. I'm here to rescue my father because your Rakash took him. My Rakash? No, Corvin. The Rakash are being created by the man you know as the gatekeeper. He pointed around the room and raised his voice. These are my people, the last remnant of the royal family of the core. Kale rested his hands on Corvin's shoulders and dropped his voice to a whisper. They are also your family, son. Corvin twisted away and slouched in the chair. I am not your son. The man's voice spoke in his ear. If you don't even know why you're here, 
How can you know to which family you belong? Corvin gripped the edge of the table and his knuckles went white. I'm here to take my father home. Kale came around the table. Your father is home. This is where he came from, and this is where he must stay. Corvin gritted his teeth. My father belongs at home with my mother. Kale returned to his chair, thoughtfully intertwining his fingers. Yes, we need to talk about your mother. She must be worried about the two of you. He smiled. Should I send my Rakash to bring her down so we can all be together? Corvin tried to jump to his feet but sprawled on the table, his ankles held tight against the heavy chair. He pushed himself upright and glared at the man across from him. Leave my mother out of this. Kale's face grew somber. I wish that I could. He ran a hand down Sark's spine and Corvin's anger flared. If there were a Lumian in reach, he would eat its seed right now and defeat this man. I think we must accept the fact that your mother will come looking for your father. She loves him very much. He shook his head. Personally, I would be happy to see her, but my grandfather will take his wrath out against her. Sadness filled his eyes. I truly do not want to see your mother hurt. Then let my father go so he can return to her. I can't do that. You mean you won't? If he were to return to the surface, he would die in a very short time. Come with me. Kale motioned to the man standing behind Corbin, and a moment later the ropes went slack. Corvin pushed the chair back and stood to his feet. The guard drew close as Corvin followed Kale over to the pool. Kale pointed down and Corvin squinted against the light. A man's body lay submerged in the bright fluid. His eyes were closed and long white tubes emerged from each nostril to hang in a metal stand clamped to the side of the pool. The submerged body took a deep breath, the chest rose, and a face broke the surface. His father's face! Corvin leapt up on the rim of the pool but Kale yanked him back to the floor. Corvin whirled around to punch at Kale's face, but his hand was held fast. You're making him into Rakash! Corvin's throat constricted and his chest heaved. You blinded him! Kale forced Corvin's hands back to his sides. No, we are saving his life. It was the intense light in your sphere that was making him go blind and stealing his strength away. He returned to us just in time. His skin was covered in disease because the power of your light was killing him. Normally we would have tried to repair his skin and eyes with our ointments, but we have found the gatekeeper's fluid is much more effective as long as it is not taken internally. Your father will be completely restored. He is very strong despite a long time in your world. Corvin stared into the pool. His father's face was relaxed and most of the tired wrinkles around his eyes had been erased. Corvin ran a hand through his hair. If his father remained here, he would be forever separated from Corvin's mother. His father would never accept that, even if it meant dying sooner. Kale's hand squeezed his shoulder, and this time Corvin didn't pull away. He will be all right. I promise you that. But we need your help, or he will be healed just in time to suffer at the hands of my grandfather. To defeat the old man, I need the master medallion, the hammer, and the scepter, so I can return them to the council chamber. Once I have them back in the chamber, I will seal it again, restore the council, and bring my grandfather to justice. That is the only way we can defeat him. But we must do it before your mother comes to the court to rescue him. She would suffer greatly if my grandfather were to find her. Corvin kept his eyes on his father's face. Even if he agreed to help Kale, how could he ever get the three objects in time? Kate held the master medallion, Tirith had the hammer, and what was the scepter Kale referred to? Was it in the black box his father was going to give him for his birthday? If that were the case, only his mother would know where the black box was now. As if reading his mind, Kale said, 
This may seem like a difficult task, but I and our people will help you. We are all committed to this plan. It is the only way to save the Corps and your family. Corvin looked back at Kale. I'm willing to help, but how do I know I can trust you? I do not lie, and I follow through on my commitments. That is why Tsarik returned. Kale pulled out an embroidered pouch hanging from a red cord around his neck. White symbols on the pouch glowed against the black cloth. I promised him a drop of the lifelight if he would help us find you. Kale extracted a vial and squinted at the brilliant light that swirled around inside of it. This is all that remains of the Maker's potion. Its value exceeds that of the hammer, the master medallion, and the scepter all combined, indeed the entire core, at least to some. He carefully unscrewed the cap from the top of the vial. A small wire ending in a tight loop stuck out like a tiny bubble-blowing ring. Yet I will follow through on my bargain because I am a man of my word. I do not need to be holding the hammer to know what is right. He strode over to the table, leaned over Tsarik's body, and held the loop over the lizard's mouth. A tiny drop of liquid, bright as a newborn star, formed in the wire circle. Kale tapped the wire with one finger, and the drop fell into Tsarik's open mouth. A long shiver ran through the lizard's body. Kale stepped back from the table. Even that small amount would have bought my way back into my grandfather's goodwill, yet I gave it as I promised. He turned to Corvin. That is what all the rulers of the Corps once did. We lived by our word. The hammer, medallion, and scepter were only given to safeguard the Corps from deceit. The ruling families did not need to rely on them to know right from wrong. He twisted the cap on, put the bottle back in its pouch, and tucked it into the front pocket of his tunic. But now we must have all three so we can remove my grandfather from power and rebuild trust between the cities of the Corps. Kale pointed to Corvin. Now that you have agreed to help us, you must also live by your word. Come, I will show you how you can travel through Kadir without being seen. Tsarik will guide you from there back to your home on the surface. Tsarik pushed himself up from the table and his eyes rose to Corvin's. I would rather go alone, Corvin said. Tsarik's face clouded and his shoulders sagged. That would be unwise, Kale said. It is my decision, and I will live by it. Kale frowned deeply, then made a sign to Tsarik. The lizard's head drooped as he clambered to the floor. Tsarik took one last hopeful look at Corvin and then shuffled away through a curtain into one of the temporary rooms. Corvin turned away. Tsarik had betrayed him to get a dose of Kale's potion. A nagging thought at the back of his mind told him he would have done the same thing but he dismissed it. It was better this way. If he took Sark along and his mother saw the lizard, she would know something strange was going on and ask too many questions. He looked up to find Kale studying him. My men can take you through the tunnel to Kadir, but no farther. It is not yet time for us to be seen. You will have to make it across to the portal door on your own. I hope you made the right decision, for I know Tsarik would have been an asset in your mission. I fear you may be as headstrong as Jokton, and that your stubbornness may yet impact all of us negatively. Corvin turned back to the pool and looked at his father's submerged face. He didn't mind being like Jockton, even if Kale didn't think that much of him. His family always stuck together and stayed to themselves. That's the way it needed to be. The tunnel through to Kadir is inside the bottom of the broken tower on the far side of the Rakash barracks. It is coming close to the time for their elixir, so they are more aggressive and sensitive to any movement in the cavern. I will take you across once they are asleep. Is that the tunnel the Rakash are going to use to attack Kadir? That is the gatekeeper's plan, but I will make certain it is not carried out. How? 
I have an agreement with the leader of the Rakash, and in return for his help I offered them the opportunity to make a home for themselves here in Kate Elba. When you return with the scepter, I will personally lead them to the city of Dubakom and attack the ruling house of the Corps. It is time for my grandfather to die. Kale's words held no malice, but his simple statement made them even more startling. How could he trust a person who would murder his own grandfather? Corvin looked back into the pool at his father's face. If only it were possible to ask for his advice. Maybe Kale put his father into the liquid just to make sure he couldn't talk to him. But his father had tried to send him a message. In the vision with the blue and white broken glass, his father gave Gavin a scroll. His father had sent it with the boy before Kale put him under the Lumian water, so the note had to be instructions for what he wanted Corvin to do. He needed to find Gavin as soon as possible.